Welcome to the Culture of Safety. How's it going, Matt? Good. How you doing, Joe? Uh, it's super hot. I'm tired of the heat. <laughs> it's only going to get hotter over the next. It week. is going to get so hot. And I was I was out in Ventura yesterday, and I was like, man, it's 81 degrees. It's nice and cool. I'm like, and I I was dreading the drive back because it's going to be minimum of 95, and now it's going to be uh, what, 103. You said. Yeah, I think tomorrow or the next day it's like one. It's gonna be one ten within like the next few days. Oh god, I remember those awesome. days. Hey, if you're in a confined space, you're gonna oh have it. You're gonna god. have an easy ass day. No, not necessarily. What do you mean? Well, because most most employers will have like a like 105 inside of a confined oh, space, like a shutdown. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's 105. You guys are done. Yeah. And it gets it, it gets way hotter inside of those spaces oh, than yeah. it does outside. That's what I was gonna say. Like as soon as it starts getting hot outside, it's way hotter in some of those way tanks and stuff, those hotter. metal tanks. Oh my God. Those are terrible. Yeah. But we already talked about heat last episode. Well, I had a couple of questions or people had a couple of questions that they sent us about some of the different BCSP border certified safety professional certifications. So I thought we'd talk a little bit about that today. Cause I know that's, that's kind of can tie into some of our episodes about like how to get in, you know, that's one of the things that we mentioned before is, you know, having a certification, you know, really kind of stands out, especially on a resume. You're like, okay, I have, you know, two people, you know, equal, equal service time, you know, maybe even equal education. But if somebody's got a certification, you know, that, that will definitely, you know, show me where they are at, you know, career wise versus somebody else. So I figured, yeah, we could talk a little bit about those because I know people that have a bunch of the different ones. I know people that have, you know, the SMS, the STS, um, CSP, ASP, of course, are your standards, CHST, OHST. Um, if you ever like keep on the, the newsletter, the director of the BCSP has everyone, all of every single one. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I, I just, I've noticed that that's kind of like a big thing right now is there's a big push for people having those certifications, at least a minimum of certain things. I know that some jobs like you have to have a CS, mm-hmm. CHST or a CSP, ASP kind of thing. So. No, I, I would completely agree with you. I think that they're definitely um, pretty popular, especially these ones. The BCSP specifically is the ones that I see requested the most, especially in like job descriptions or job postings. You'll see like CHST, OHST preferred or CSP uh, only or whatever right. it might say. But definitely these are the the um, certifications that are most widely recognized. So, yeah, I think we should start off just like if you've never taken the test, you know, what to what to expect, you know, especially when you if it's your first time, if you're going for your STSC or one of my my first one was a CHST is, OK, what's the process? Obviously, you go you apply online, you go and you create a, you know, an account and then you say, hey, I want to apply for this this one. And then so you give them a little background, you know, history of like what you've done for a living, you know, with certain, you know, certifications, which we'll get into later, you have to have a minimum of of education or or experience in the field. And then after that, you're I guess you're approved. You know, it's I'll be honest with you. It's kind of a quick process. It's not like someone sitting there behind a desk, like reading what you did. It's kind of like, okay, you submit it and there you go. Um, And then after that, you you figure out, okay, well. I typically tell people don't register unless you're ready to take a test. Yeah. Right. Because what you want to do is go get your approval. And as soon as you get your approval, pay for your test and apply um, online. So it's a different process. So you go through the BCSP and you want to pay for your STS. You pay for your STS. Then they give you a code. Then you go into Pearson view, Pearson view with that code. Then you can look up a a test date and that's when you register for your test date. When your test date comes, hopefully you've been test you've been studying all those times. Usually for me, my my two tests, it was about about a month, about a month and a half out. And then yeah, you show up, 
usually about 10, 15 minutes early, do like a quick little study session on maybe some of the things that you think you're weak on. You go in there, you have your ID. If you have a calculator, um, I apologize. I forgot which one I use. It's the TS Texas Instruments yeah. 32, I think. I'll have to bring it in. I know that the BCSP, they recommend one, and I tell people don't use that one, but we'll, we'll get into that later. <laughs> um, so then, yeah, you you go in, and it's 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 like a weird room. It's like a like a computer lab. Everybody, every computer is facing like the wall and you get a little uh, a test paper. So it's not actual paper. It's laminated, laminated paper and you get like a dry erase and they tell you don't talk to nobody. You get I, I put the earplugs in so that way I'm not hearing other people like type and click. That can be really distracting. So it's kind of like isolate myself and I can focus. And then, yeah, you go and you register and they give you like a little pretest, like so you understand what the controls are on the computer. Hey. A, B, C, D, click A, this is how it works. Or if you want to go back or if you want to flag it, all that kind of stuff, um, which is really important, I think, especially when you get into the actual test and you're you're like, oh, crap, I forgot this. You know, you're going to run into that blank moment instead of sitting there and waiting and trying to figure it out, flag it, go on to the next one. Because before you're done, it'll go back to all the ones that you flagged. Or if you're unsure, flag it. Boom. Cool. Now I know that as I'm going along, I have five, six, nine, ten that I have to review. And hopefully sometimes during that test, and I'll give you an example later on, is there was a question I had. I, I couldn't remember it. But 20, 30 questions down the, the way, hey, guess what? They had the answer, and yep. I just went back and referenced it. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, boom. So it's it's really good. I like that system. And then once, you pass, once, you, once you're done, they'll tell you right there, you passed. And it's a great moment. And I think it's, uh, I've talked to with the people there before a couple of times and they said it's like a really cool like job. Cause you know, it's, it's, it's one of two ways. Either you're like, Oh my God, I passed, you know, and you, all that, all those, you know, all those hours and days and months of hard work finally paid off or it's devastating. All those hours that you probably <laughs> didn't take studying or that maybe you did, didn't end up well. So you, know, you can imagine, imagine that the Pearson view people are taking, you know, and, thousands of different types of tests. So it's not just safety professionals, but teachers and credentials and different, different ones. So it's kind of cool to like see like, Oh yeah, I passed or oh man, I didn't. But I tell you the two times that I've taken my test for the CHST and this, uh, the ASP, man, I felt so good. The ASP, I'll be honest with you. I was a little bit more apprehensive. I was like, man, I don't know if I passed. I, I felt good, but the CHST bro, I knew I nailed it. I was like, dude, I, that test was mine. I made that test mine for sure. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's the basic process. Uh, so I mean, let's talk about the first the first two. I guess I always lump them together is the STS and the STSC, which is the safety trained supervisor, and then one for the construction. And I've known I've known a couple of people that have had it. And I guess for me, when I first kind of re- read into it, it's like what 40, 30, 40 hours worth of training. Is that what it is? Thirty hours. It's thirty hours. Thirty hours worth of health. So it's like an OSHA thirty. So once you get an OSHA 30, you can, you can go for the test. And I kind of felt like that was like, I felt like it was really small. Like, I'm like, that's it? 30 hours of training? That's the minimum education uh, for the, to take yeah, the test. Yeah, so like an OSHA 30, now you, now you can, well, I guess you can be considered a safety professional, which I don't know. Like, I guess in the field, if that was like the minimum standard, I, I guess I would go with that. Well, I don't, see, when I, when, I see, when I hear the STS, I don't think of a safety professional. I almost see that designation because it's safety trained supervisor. That's, so that's like how I've always thought about I, it. I always thought about it not so much as a safety professional certification, which I know a lot of safety professionals recommend this yeah. as the first one. They get it for themselves. It's great because it shows you have safety knowledge. Right. But I always thought it was designed for 
like a project manager that wants to be like, there's a lot of companies and stuff where operation side need to have safety training too. And so yeah. this is a, this is like something that they could show they have. That. One one thing I know that that I've seen doing research on that their program is they actually have a lot of big companies. Their supervisors actually have to have to go through those programs and pass to get that in order for them to be a supervisor. And I've always, like I said, I hate to say that it's not the first one because it is. It is something that shows, hey, I've made I've made headway. Mm -hmm. But I've never been like, especially for like that that mid level safety advisor. I've never been like, oh, you have an STS, cool, right? You know, that's you have a basic minimum knowledge, and I would say that's like my technician level, my my tech bottom of the barrel. Hey, cool, you have some knowledge above a lot of other people, great. But at the same time, I'm not going to put you in a position where you're going to be making decisions. So, I mean, is it good? Yeah. I mean, anything's better than nothing, of course. I mean, if I had, of course, two different people with the same, you know, things, you know, same um, education level and same experience, if one had an STS versus the other one, I would go for the guy with the STS, of course. But, you know, when it comes to, you know, that little bit higher level that I, uh, that I expect from people, you know, I, I, I don't want an STS. I want something a little bit higher. So like if, like you said, the tech job where you're just kind of doing some of the basic, I hate to say safety, crappy, crappy safety jobs. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, there's a lot of crappy safety jobs and, you know, you kind of have to make your own breaks when you're in the beginning. Yeah, that'll that'll get you that'll get you a foot in the door. Mm -hmm. Hey, I may not know a lot about safety, but I know something, you know, I can do a lot of your tech work for you. Cool. You know, and doing monitors and checking, you know, gap protections and all that kind of stuff. That's good. Cool. But, you know, if I'm going to have somebody making decisions, I want something that's got a little bit uh, hardier, hardier knowledge base and obviously experience as well. For sure. And kind of referencing like last week's episode, uh, if you're trying to get into safety, it's not a bad one to get, especially if you're if you don't have a lot of work experience and you can't get the higher certification yet. And this is what you can get because you did your OSHA 30 or whatever well, it is. You got to remember, too, it doesn't have to be an OSHA 30. It says 30 hours. No, it's just 30 hours. I mean, a lot of companies, that's that's a standard. You know, after an orientation, orientation's eight hours, and then you have ongoing safety training. That's, that 30 hours gets filled up quick, especially if you've done more than one job, right? Mm -hmm. If you're more over 20, you should have more than 30 hours of, of safety training. So, I mean, that's you make a great point. Yeah. So, for sure, like, if you're trying to get your foot in the door like our last week's episode this is a great cert to start with if yeah. you're trying to get into safety you're like hey i may not be the the greatest of all time but i got something at least you're doing something perfect right? hey and i'll be honest with you i have a couple of friends that that had the sts and i'll be honest i i didn't look down on them but i was like i'm like sts i'm like okay you know i mean hey you know it's a cert cool but I was really surprised on like how much they actually knew when it comes to a lot of the actual practical things. A lot of the things that some, some people didn't even know. I know people that didn't have any certification and the guy that had the STSC what knew a lot more than those guys. And he had, you know, I'd say five or six years over the other guy. So, I mean, there's a, there's, it's a really good information. I, I actually had a friend pass it recently and I I looked at the materials like, wow, it's actually, it actually talks about some complicated safety stuff. It wasn't just because, you know, they throw like OHST and CHST mm -hmm. questions in there as well. So, yeah, it's a great, it's a great way to start. Um, but like I said before, it's more entry level. What were, I think you and I kind of essentially, I hate to say it, but essentially put the, the minimum for most safety advisors is the CHST and the OHST, which is construction health and safety technician and occupational health and safety technician respectively but i know there it's a little bit different that that's more towards like the experience side right and yeah. i know for certain companies that's that's what they want 
they want either a CHST or an OHST at minimum. I know a lot of companies, especially in California, if you're working in construction, getting a CHST. And that's why I always tell people I write high American CHST because it's easier than UHST, a lot less math. Mm -hmm. And then also it opens up a lot more doors because there's a ton of construction companies and they need people with the CHSTs in them. OHST, I'm not going to say it's it's not as as important, but like I said, it's less prevalent. I know a lot of companies that do like more manufacturing. They're the ones that kind of look more for the OHST. But I know you have to have like a certain amount of years and experience before before you can even test. Yep. So you have to have three years of uh, experience. So if you're going for the uh, CHST, it has to be construction experience. Right. And if you're going for the OHST, it's just any type of experience where safety is at least 35% of your job. Okay. So, I mean, even even like a supervisor or, or like, you know, just depending on whatever job you do, I'm sure you can relate something oh, yeah. in some type of aspect. Like, oh, yeah, I'm not like a safety professional, but some aspects of my job do include safety. And I'm sure that the BCS people are like, oh, yeah, that that counts, mm -hmm. you know, especially if you pass it. I know that's a big thing. A lot of people are like, oh, well, who cares if you can pass the test? You can pass the test. It doesn't matter, you know, what it is that that you're actually doing. But like I said, I think I think it's. Kind of like for most people, that's like the minimum. Like, oh, you have a CHST? Cool. So I can use you out in the field to make decisions. That's like, that's the thing I always look for is I'm not looking for people to do work. I can find a monkey anywhere. You know, I want somebody that's got a brain that I can send out there and I can trust. Like, hey, they understand what safety is. They may not be a technical expert in every field, but they'll understand, hey, these are some of the, the finer points of, you know, safety management systems. And they can build, you know, rapport with their employees. And if there's a judgment call, they can be a resource, right? They, I don't want all the phone calls to be filtered to me. They should be out there being able to answer these, these questions. No. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that's like when you're looking for a solid safety professional, not, not director, anything, right, just a right, solid, solid mid-level safety professional. This is definitely one of the certs that I would uh, highly regard for that position if that was on their resume. Yeah. Um, that'd be something that'd be like, oh, like this guy, I need to make sure I, I bring in and talk to because I want to see like how, how they are and everything. But it's definitely something I'm looking for, too, is the CHST or the OHST. Yeah. And that's a disclaimer. I, I always have to say that's like I said in like the first couple episodes of our podcast is make sure that you actually have them. You know, <laughs> it's it's like I said, I've had I've had a couple of emails and or uh, resumes come across my desk or other people's desk. And they're like, hey, what do you think about this guy? And I, I saw that they had a CHST or OHST. I'm like, well, did you check it? And they said, well, no, check it. People will lie. People, especially, I hate to say it in the safety industry, there's a lot of people out there that, that do give us a bad name. And I would honestly say at least the BCSP overall, for the most part, the people that I've ever like filed a complaint against, they, they did something. Right. Especially if you understand like things like trademarks and how those work. If your trademark gets out of your hand, dude, you can you can lose it. And that's that's kind of what safety is all about. Right. Is, hey, we have a sta objective standard that we've had to work hard and meet. And it's kind of it'd be kind of lame for them to go. Oh, well, you know, it doesn't mean as much anymore. So I know I've told people this getting your first cert is very eye-opening because when you go and meet other professionals that have those designations or certifications, you're like, oh, wow, I understand what you went through to get that. And it's not, these certs aren't easy, you know? Um, but I'd say that moving on, I, I've, I don't know about you, but I know there's a big question out right now where the safety management systems, SMS, and the ASP land. Um, 
and I've I've put them on the same rung. You know, I think I would put the SMS maybe slightly lower. I might that I might be yeah. biased in that opinion because I have an ASP, but I would only say that just because the SMS is only based off of safety management systems. It doesn't give you, you know, a lot of the things that I I think we would need to have as far as not just safety management systems, but you know, ergonomics and you know other types of illnesses and stuff. There's a huge, huge amount of um of curriculum and knowledge base that is not in the sms but i also think the reason why the sms exists is for people that don't have degrees Mm -hmm. right oh like you said i have 10 years of experience but i have no degrees cool well at least you can there there's an avenue there's a product that you can go say hey yeah i may not have a csp but i have 10 years of experience plus i have actual like confirmed knowledge Right. And we've talked about that before, about having known people that have been in the industry for 10 years and don't know anything versus people that have been in the industry for 10 years and know everything. So I think that's a good certification for people that with the SMS shows like, hey, I'm not just some guy. Right. I actually have real life applicable knowledge that I can use in the field versus Hey, I have 10 years of experience. No, I really like it. And I think the SMS is fairly new, right? I don't think yeah, it was around It's only been a couple ago. couple of years. Yeah, it's it's fairly new. And I really like that they added that for people that because there's some there's some people that may have been in this career for 30, 40 years yeah. since like I've worked with a couple of guys that have been in here since the 70s, doing safety since the 70s. They don't have degrees, but like they know what they're doing. Right. They've been around for a long time. They've dealt with workers' comp, they've dealt with incidents they've dealt with all of it osha stuff mm-hmm. so that they know what they're doing 30 40 years of safety experience but they're not going to go back to college in their 50s and 60s just to get a csp just to get a degree to get a csp so i really like that they created this avenue so that some of these guys i mean really for anybody but like right. uh that some people without that education can go in and prove that like hey, hey I, I might not have a bachelor's degree about. but I, at least i know what i'm doing yeah so i really like that they added that recently um to the board yeah i think that's great and like i said i i hate to say it just because you know like i said i might be a little biased but i've seen the curriculum and i've seen the blueprints you know if you ever Mm -hmm. have a question on what domains they're going to be asking you go to bcsp whatever certification they'll tell you yep you know and i think that's one thing that uh kind of you know helped me in my career is by going those going by through those blueprints and they have recommended books and yep. a lot of these things. And that's what I did. Honestly, I have a bunch of, of my books at home. I had little stars of all the books that I would eventually buy. I'd be like, okay, cool. I'm going to buy this book in the next couple of months. And I'd save up for it and, and buy it. There's a lot of really good books that they recommend. They're fantastic reads. And if you don't know about safety, bro, some of these books will just open your eyes to the possibilities and yeah, follow the blueprints. The blueprints will help you out. Um, but back to the SMS, like I said, it's, it's good. I'm not saying it's not great. I, I mean, it's definitely higher than, I think it's higher than OHST, CHST, yes. but I don't think it's CSP, it's not, I don't ASP think it's, level. it's definitely not the CSP or the ASP. I would say it's probably just maybe a small step below the ASP. the ASP. And that's only because, like I said, I, the, the amount of knowledge you have to have is a lot. You do still have to have a ton of knowledge and I'm not trying to put anybody that's got an SMS down, but it's just, you know, when it comes to the ASP, there's a lot of, a lot more math in it, a lot more complex math. And sometimes it's, it's kind of arbitrary math, but a lot of it has to do with actual like real world applications, you know? Um, And then of course, you know, we've talked about this before, the gold standard, the CSP certified safety professionals. Um, One thing that I, I can't say I'm surprised. I'm, I, I, that I'm actually the opposite. I wasn't surprised that they had this originally, but I know that just recently with the past couple of years is they've made it so where you can no longer have a CSP unless you have a four-year degree. 
It used to be the ASP and the CSP were the same that you had to have, I believe, a two-year degree. Associate's degree. Or associates, at, at least associate's degree. And then I was like, that's kind of weird that you'd have to have such a high certification, and but you wouldn't have to have more education. And so within the last, uh, I think it was last year, actually, that was the deadline. If you hadn't passed it, the CSP by then, now you have to have a an, a, a, a bachelor's degree. Yep. So they both require a minimum of a bachelor's degree. Oh, do they? Yep. Uh, the CSP re- requires a minimum of a bachelor's degree, but it could be in any field. The ASP requires. Oh, okay, a yeah, that's right. Associates in safety or bachelor's in any field. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's a yeah in any field or an associate's in safety or a, or a bachelor's. Degree. Yeah, and then now the CSP has to have a minimum of and it. The, and the CSP is just it has to be a bachelor's. Yeah, it you has can't to be have a bachelor's. Associates in in safety. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's been it's been a while since I've looked, I've looked some I, of these up. Honestly, there's I think I counted right now. There's like ten at least. There's at least ten certifications, and they all have their little different things. Yeah, different and they've made some changes over the past couple of years. And exactly. So you got to. I mean, you just go to the website and you can see all this stuff. Yeah, like I said, it's it's a really great reference. You can look at them at a glance too. And I know that's one thing when I had a couple of my coworkers and they were all interested, and they printed it out for them and say, Hey, look, you know, all these different certifications. Yeah, you may not be ready for the. HST, go for this, uh, the, the STS, mm-hmm. especially if you have a couple of years. I tell people, you know, the STS, I'm not going to say it's easy. I can't say that because I've never taken it. But the material isn't very difficult. They, If you've been in the field and you've been doing somewhat decent, you know, about of knowledge uh, um, gaining while you're working, you should be pretty good at, at, at passing the STS. It's not until you get to the CHST, OHST that they're going to force you into learning things that you've never dealt with before, like toxicology and or things you may never deal with again. Yeah. Depending on what line of safety you're in. Right. So, and, and I know that's a big question I get a lot too is, well, you know, my favorite one is this is, you know, we're in a study group and you know, it's like a newcomer and he goes the, my, my best question is, is this, he goes, okay, Joe. So how long will it take me? How long, how much do I have to study in order for me to pass this test? And I always give them the joke, like, oh, about half an hour. And they look at me like weird. And they're like, what, what do you mean? I'm like, well, what are you asking me? Are you asking me to judge you on what knowledge that you have? Like, it's, I, I can't do that. I, don't, I, don't, I can't have access to your brain. But I, what I tell people is, look, you'll be ready when you're ready. You know, look at the material, study it. You know, there's a lot of, you know, websites. There's a lot of programs. Uh, online programs, books, classes that you can take. There's a lot of resources out there for these types of tests. You know, we have the Mometrics. That's a big one. We have CertBoc. That's another another uh, famous one. The Span International. The Span. Um, uh, I forgot. I don't. I hate when I forget the names of them. There's another one. It's Chemical Something, Chem Something. Um, that's an online one where it's the same thing. You can go. There's apps. There's apps mm-hmm. on the App Store. You can. I have one right There's now. There's an ASP app that I had on my phone that asks you ASP questions. Yeah, I literally, I literally right here. It's um, the ASP and CSP questions, uh, either through the BCSP, CSP um, one. There's Bowen EHS. Uh, there's just many. I'm sure if you just Google, Google them, you can find some easy. You know, honestly, it's just learning the material. Look at the blueprint. See what what it is. Take some tests on on those subjects, and if you struggle. Maybe you need to do some, you know, some thorough research and and studying in that department. But the thing about the BCSP is that, you know, they're going to ask you questions from all the different domains in different, obviously, in different percentages. And it's just meeting those meeting those percentages. That's what it all comes down to. 
and all of them are pass fail. All of them are pass fail. So once you get once you get to a certain level, right? I know once again, depending on the cert- certification that you're going for, there's a different failure rate. I know the CHST one is super high. Was it sixty eight percent or something like that? Does this does it say that somewhere on the website? It does. Uh, I forgot. I know. Let me see if I can look it up. I know it's like you. It you. It's out of two hundred. Or actually 175. So you have to give 102 questions right out of 175. Hmm. So, yeah, it's it's difficult depending on on what it is that you're taking. And I always tell people, especially when they see the CHST, they're like, oh, my God, the math. Oh, my God, the math. Honestly, the math isn't really all that hard. And there's not a whole lot of it. I know a guy, he he's bad at math and he passes with the CHST. Because the majority of his questions weren't math based. They were all just, you know, questions that he had dealt with. I know some of the questions that I ran into that I don't remember. I was like, what? Like insurance questions. Like I don't deal with all the different types of insurance. Um, I know one thing that I did, I did get lucky was there's a question in there about a pool. If you have an empty pool or you have a pool on your, on your location, what kind of um, hazard is that and they call that an attractive nuisance I, I believe it, that's what it's called and the idea is that if you have a pool there kids are going to try to climb your fence to get in there and obviously if they get hurt that's a liability so there's gonna be some weird questions like that um, ergonomics industrial hygiene um, even practical questions you know they'll ask you questions on like how you know for gas monitors work you know, and if it if it fails or if it does this or it does that, how how they're affected and stuff like that. So I tell people all the time, study, learn, not just learn, learn the test. Don't sit there and, you know, if you're if you have like a study guide. Oh, yeah, I got 100 percent on it. Like, cool. But how is that practical to what you're actually going to be taking? Right. Because not all the questions on those study guides are going to be reflective in, in the Pearson view test. Mm-hmm. So I tell people. Just be honest with yourself. You give yourself, you know, 80 to 100 questions and just go through. And I, I have a little system where I kind of do a checks and balances. I read the question and if I know it, I'll put a big check by it and then I'll I'll put the answer and then I'll put why that's the answer. So I, it's not not just that I know the answer is C because I've taken this test 12 times, but I know it's C because of yada, yada, yada. Or if I go into another question and I'm not quite sure, I'll put 50-50. Right. It could be either A or C and I'll put A because of this or C because of that. And usually I'll put the one I think more likely. I think it's A. If I was going to guess on a test, I'm going to guess more A, even though it's 50 50. I feel like the answer is A because this. Right. And then there's other times where I'm just, dude, I have no idea. And I'll just put like a negative. Hey, I, I put IDK. I don't know. I have no idea. I'm like, what? So that, that way I can understand when I'm done with my test, I can grade myself and see I'm like, okay, well, did I pass because I knew the test or did I pass because I knew what the actual applications of those, those different domains were. And so that's why I tell people learn the domains. Don't try to master the test. Try to understand why they're asking these things, because a lot of the is practical knowledge that you need to have in the field. Not always. Some of them, they're going to have some random questions on weird stuff, but that's just how it is. You want to move on to the last few cert- certifications they got? So there's um, some new ones, and um, I do like the fact that they kind of put these out. Uh, you have the CIT, which is the um, – oh, hold on. What is it? it used to be something it used else. used to be CET. CET. Now it's CIT. Yeah, it was Certified Educational Trainer. 
now it's certified industrial trainer. Uh, I'm not sure. Probably should look up the website. But yeah, it's called the CIT. And the CIT essentially is just, you know, showing that you understand how to... um, how to how to be a trainer? I guess you know. It's a certified instructional trainer. Okay, well, yeah. So that I guess that would be it. You're you're good at understanding how to provide quality um certifi- uh, not certifications, but um training, right? You're not just some guy that was the the BBSM guy and you got moved up to training. <laughs> We've talked about it before, but you've actually dedicated your your knowledge and education pursuit on how to effectively you know, get people to understand safety terminology and, and make, hopefully make them make better decisions yeah, out in the field. I went through some of the blueprint on that. Cause I was curious of like, I was like, well, how are they going to test that you're a good trainer? Yeah. And it, some of the stuff was based on like almost a little bit of psychology. It's like, how do you, uh, what do you need to do? Like what colors stand out? Yep. What colors make people feel this emotion? Um, like age group. It was it's like you're about, a teacher, but for yeah, safety, it was just talking about a bunch of stuff like that. A little bit of Psychology, how do you write stuff on a board to make people uh, want to see, like, read it or see it better, stuff like that. Right. So it's, I mean, it's important. I, I, I 100% agree, especially if well, I've you're. I've seen some terrible trainings. Uh, you've given some terrible trainings. I probably have. <laughs> but, I mean, I think that's that's something that I I personally, I, I take a big interest in because what's the point of training? I think everybody would agree. Training is a huge cost. Right. We're taking employees and especially for people like you and me, we have a large, a large, you know, employee base. How do we we're going to have to do safety training minimum. Right. Especially in the construction industry. Every 10 days, we have to do some type of tailgate. Mm-hmm. Why are we going to go through the motions and waste a bunch of time? And these guys aren't going to listen to us. Right. Making safety effective or safety training, training. effective is I I think is probably one of the biggest things. I can make a great program. I can make the, you know, a good culture. But if you don't know the hazard, if you don't understand how these things work, you're going to be lost out there. If you can't communicate it to the employee in a way that allows them to understand and retain the information, you're failing and you're going to have incidents. Yeah, you're going to, and that's one thing that I've noticed a lot of companies have. And it's funny because, you know, I hate to say these bad cultures, but they're bad cultures because they're like, oh, he needs to be trained again. Yeah, uh, sir. That was the problem in the first place. Is your training is so boring and so long and so arduous that it's like these people lose interest into day two, into day three. They're like, dude, you're you're beating, like you said, death by PowerPoint. We're making them bored, and they're not gonna listen. Yeah, they're gonna be like thinking about what they're gonna have for dinner or you know the weekends and stuff like that. And I've been I've been through it myself, and I think that's that's where I kind of got that interest in. I was like, man, this is boring. I've, I've given trainings given to me like here, Joe, we need you to present this. And I was falling asleep. I was, I apologize to my eyes. Man, I apologize guys. I am boring you. I know. Cause I am boring myself. That's how bad it is. I love safety and I'm boring myself because it's just so dry that nobody's like, you know, interested. And I think that's, that's a huge waste of money making, maybe having somebody who is a certified industrial trainer and instructional trainer. That's good. That's good material. I know there's I know there's probably a huge, huge um, industry or market for that right now, because uh, let's be honest, not all safety guys are great trainers and not all trainers are Mm -hmm. great safety guys. Just because you're knowledgeable doesn't mean you're a good trainer. Yeah, I know some people that they're just boring and it's not because they're bad people. They're Mm -hmm. super knowledgeable. It's just their their presentation. Training is a whole different animal. You got to have a certain personality. You got to be able to talk a certain way. You got to be able to get people involved. Yeah. It's it's way different than than when you're out in the field or out inside your your job location and you're just talking to employees about 
whatever's going on on the job sites. It's a completely different thing. Yeah. One of my favorite ones is I started this new company and I, he's actually a good friend of mine now is he was doing a safety training. He was building a, uh, a training and he goes, Hey Joe, you know, he's really excited. Joe, 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 what? Hey, come here, take a look at this. I worked real hard on it. He was, he was so excited. And the first thing I noticed was that he was colorblind. And I walk into, I walk into his office. I see his presentation and I look at him and Hey, what's up? Are you colorblind? How do you know? His presentation was black and purple. <laughs> and so I was like, nobody with half, half a decent eyesight would ever put these two colors next to each other. It was, it was dark purple, like a turquoise green and black. And I was like, dude, there's no way you have to be colorblind. And that's one thing I learned in, in, in during my bachelor's degree that during art is the way people see colors and, you know, especially colorblind people, the different types of colorblind. And so I'm like, dude, there's no way that you're not colorblind. And he's all, yeah, how'd you know? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you have purple and green right next to each other and it is hurting my eyes. But I mean, the material was good. It, you know, it, it's, it, um, the uh, material, you know, was captivate. It would captivate its audience. And he was a good presenter. It's just, man, his, his color coordination was bad. And that's something I still see to this day. A lot of, I, I noticed that with ads or, you know, even like marketing signs, like if they have bad colors, it's hard for me to see what they're doing. Like yellow and on top of white, a white background. I cannot read what you're writing, but I, I'm struggling to see. Mm -hmm. So it kind of shows me like, oh, maybe you should kind of take an art class and understand how people are going to be perceiving your stuff. But same thing with, with training, you know, think about the audience. What type of screen are you putting it on? You know, sometimes I have to change the font size because I'm either on a bigger screen or a smaller screen. You know, I thought to reach the guys in the back, I had to have a bigger font. So I think, yeah, having somebody who's knowledgeable, I think we all should be knowledgeable, not to be mean, but I feel like if you're, if you have a lot of knowledge, education, experience, I feel like you should be good at training. You get good at training so that way you can pass that knowledge on to other people. I mean, what's, what's good is that knowledge if you're not able to pass it on to other people? Nah, I don't completely disagree with that. Better not beat you up. <laughs> what about the last two certs? Uh, so, I mean, I, I would honestly say that the GSP is probably just trash, only because I have one. <laughs> but no, honestly, the GSP is really good. Um, the GSP is a graduate safety professional. And that what that is just saying is that you graduated from a qualified program. So I think it's, I know I've had some questions on it, like, what's a GSP? Like, I know the other two that you have, you know, ASP, CHST, but what's a GSP? And I tell them it's it just means that I went through a program that has been recognized through the BCSP as being ab above, you know, a really good uh, standard because we've already talked about this within education is if I go to, you know, I don't know. Uh, just insert your own name, the Matthew Creasy College of Safety. It, no, no, even though it's accredited, people are going to like, OK, but like, how good is the program? You know what I mean? And so by getting the GSP, it, I think it's like a, it's like, um, it's like recognizing like, yeah, you guys do a great job through your program of preparing people. And I tell people, honestly, because I went through the B BCSP or the, the GSP, I went through Columbia Southern University. That's how I got my GSP. I 100% agree. That program prepped me to take the ASP and the CS CSP. Dude, I, like I said, I passed the ASP pretty well. And I, I always tell people, I think that has a lot to do with the program that I went through because it helped me understand like the ergonomics. I had two ergonomics classes. There was a lot of ergonomics on the ASP. So I was like, oh yeah, I remember these things. So that's the idea is that these programs are designed to help you get to those, those things. So if you go through a program that's even a bachelor's level 
and you have um, and you're going for your CSP and that program is qualified, it should help you pass your CSP. It, the, the program is supposed to reflect what's on the, the domains that are, are on that on that test. So, yeah, I think that's that's good. I, I know that's very um, new. Very few people have them right at this point, but I think as time goes, a lot more people are going to be going through trying to get their GSP just to say, hey, yeah, I went through college on, you know, this program, but it has been recognized by the BCSP. And that's one thing that I actually had in one of my um, um, interviews for OSHA here in California up in Fresno was they had asked me like Columbia Southern and they're like, hmm. And they had still had that stigma about online college, like online college. Hmm, you know, but like I said, I was proud. I'm like, wait, hold on. Let's take a, let's take a step back here. Believe it or not, the BCSP, the Board of Certified Safety Professionals, actually recognizes it as a qualified school in safety instruction. And I think that kind of, like I said, that little moniker, that's something that all colleges that have a safety program must, I, I emphasize this, must have. Because if you're going to school and you, you don't come out going, oh, yeah, I have something that backs that up. Mm-hmm. You know, because not, not every college is, is as well recognized as Harvard, right? I mean, in the safety field, you know, Eastern Kentucky and Columbia Southern are the two like major ones. I mean, there's but now there's a bunch of them. Yeah, I mean, I mean, technically, UCLA has a safety program. You can get your, you know, an ergonomics or industrial hygiene. Uh, our local community college now has a four-year safety program. Yeah, right. So, but is it is it qualified? I don't through, know if it's qualified. It's I not. I don't know if they're working on it. It's or, not, hopefully, they are. But I think that's. That kind of gives them, especially if you miss the mark mm-hmm. like as a college and we're saying, hey, we want to be qualified through this program. You would easily go, OK, cool. Well, here here's our, you know, you know, um, accreditation processes, the things you have to have. And if you miss the mark, cool. Now we know this is where we're, we're lacking and we can implement these programs. And now rather than just putting out, quote unquote, safety professionals, we're putting out higher quality. Right. And it. it as a whole, it brings up the safety profession because now we're, we're turning out high quality safety professionals rather than just quote unquote safety professionals. So, yeah, I think I think the GSP was a really big step. I really, you know, I was really surprised when it first came out a couple of years ago. I was like, wow, interesting. Believe it or not, when I got my bachelor's, ironically, they had just came out with it. So I think it was 2017 and they came out with it. I want to say in like March or April. It was like right before I graduated. And I was like, heck yeah, I can add a free cert to my my thing. And so what ended up happening was I guess Columbia Southern had missed the mark by just a little bit. And they had to put one or two classes into their program. I didn't have those classes. If I remember right, it was one class that I didn't have that was in that was in the recognized was program. To be recognized. So I called them up, said, Hey, I graduated and my application got denied. And I said, wait a minute. I graduated within this timeline that you stated and they said, yes, but because we went through your, your, your transcript, you're missing one class. So like a dumb, dumb, I thought, okay, cool. Guess what I'm going to do. Hey, call up Columbia Southern. Hey, can I take this one class? They're like, no, you graduated, but I need this one class so I can get the certification that, you know, I didn't say I got cheated out of. I mean, you can say I got cheated out of it. It's no big deal. I mean, I have it now, but, I was like, I really wanted it. I was like, yeah, so I could show that, hey, the program I went through was it was of good, high-quality education. And it's like, no, you can't take the class because you've already graduated. And it was like, but I want to give you my money. <laughs> so it was that was kind of one of the things that I ran into in the first time was that I had actually taken the program just before they got certified. So I had just missed the mark by like one class. And it sucked, but 
I said it's all behind. That's all one under the bridge now because now I have it. So, so you're able to somehow fix it so that no, you're that they just went through the ba- the master's program and the master's program is oh. it was already yeah. Like I said, the bachelor's program I want to say it was only one class. All the classes were good. All the construction and industrial hygiene and ocean, all the other stuff was good. It's just the one class that I didn't have was the one that what was part of their their accreditation program. So yeah, I think the GSP really does kind of like, especially um, unfortunately, it doesn't do as much. Right, it's not as structurally, you know, recognized as as you know, like the CSP is or the OHST. But I think, you know, given maybe four or five years, you know, you're start seeing pop up and people are gonna start realizing, oh, okay, so you came from a program that you know is recognized by the BCSP as being of a high, really high standard, right? When it's not, I didn't graduate with my bachelor's from Matt Creasy University. You know what I'm saying? Or Joseph What's wrong with Matt University? Jo- well, it's it's kind of Trump University. It's just a the, the university is just a a misnomer. So the way I read it, so uh, just to clear this up, because one of the questions I get all the time: in order to take the CSP, you don't you not only have to meet the education and the work requirements, but you also have to test in the ASP first. Okay, so the way that it works is normally, if you just have a bachelor's degree, you have to go and get your ASP first. Right. And then and once you get your ASP, then you can study because your ASP is considered your fundamentals test. So the idea is that I just got out of college. I can take the ASP. Cool. You have applied knowledge and education and ex- uh, you have your lacking experience, quote unquote, lacking experience. Mm-hmm. Once you get those years of experience, because I think it's only two years of experience Four. for the A's. No, for the ASP. Oh, for the ASP, it's one. OK, one year of experience. Right. So you're supposed to be like, OK, well, I'm kind of new to this. I got my ASP. Cool. You have the fundamentals down. The CSP is supposed to be actual application. So they're going to ask you more application experience, knowledge type questions. So, yeah, you have to have the knowledge there and you have to have the experience, too. So that's why CSP is so upheld up high. Mm-hmm. It's because you have to have everything. Yep. It's not like, you know, the CHST where it's, OK, I'll have experience. So I've learned things or it's not the ASP. We'll ha- have an education. It's I have both. Right. And that's what we've talked about as far as, you know, hiring somebody. We want somebody who has both. They have both the education and the experience. That's why the CSP is so much higher. But, and I say this is a big but, with that new GSP. That's what I was going to go to. The GSP, if you get that, like you graduate with your bachelor's at Columbia Southern or Eastern Kentucky or any qualified academic program, the QAP, they mm-hmm. have it there on their website. You can actually test straight to the CSP. Yep. I don't recommend that. I mean, I, I would recommend, yeah, definitely taking, you know, taking the CSP. But I tell people all the time, you know, while you're going through school, study for your ASP. You know, because it, a lot of the stuff that's on the ASP is on the CSP. It's all it's all based off of the fundamental knowledge. A lot of the stuff is the CSP is from is from your experiences in the ASP realm, essentially. Yeah. So, I mean, should you do both? If you want to, if you want to spend that kind of money, it's it's kind of expensive. I guess that's that's where I, my my whole I love the BCSP is what they do for safety. That's kind of where it ends just because I've been through several, you know, certifications and it's expensive it is not cheap and unfortunately not a lot of employers will reimburse you either the the costs or or your annual fee so you know i just depends on what what test you're taking you're going to take an application fee 150 bucks out the drain and then a test and then a testing fee yeah so i'm and that and this is i know bcsp is gonna get mad at me and probably revoke all my certifications prices right there yeah but it's like okay 150 dollars, and all i did was apply and like i said for me when i first took my chst i felt i felt cheated because it wasn't like a process where they okay let's look through dude it was like i applied and like an hour later they they approved me 
And it was it wasn't like I had like all these years of experience either. It's just like, oh, okay, cool. You know, and then then you pay for your your actual testing fee, which is normal. Okay, that's fine. And then what they don't tell you is after you get it, let's say you you complete it, now you have a, you have an annual fee. And I'm not talking about the one that's due at the end of the year. You have you have a prorated fee, so it's like fifty to hundred bucks. I don't remember what the fee schedule is, but you still have to pay once you graduate, once you pass the CHST whatever certification, you still owe more money. And that's another thing they need to get rid of. Like, hey, I gave you an application fee of like 150 bucks. I gave you a testing fee of 300 dollars, which I know some of it goes to Pearson View. Why do I owe you an extra 50, 75 to 100 dollars after I pass my test? Oh, it's for the for, so you can use your certification for the rest of the year. What do you mean the rest of the year? So it's pro it's a prorated. Yeah. Things. So normally the yearly cost for an ASP or a CSP is one hundred and seventy dollars a year. Please don't say that. <laughs> I always stress out at the end of the year of all my certs are due. I'm like, oh god, right around Christmas too. Like, come on. But after you test, they prorate that one seventy to whatever's left in the year is what you're saying. And no. You pay that one seventy. No, sir. Prorate. What that I'm way. saying is, after you're done with all your tests and yeah. all your application fee, you still owe more money on top. That's what I mean. They're yes. gonna prorate whatever on top of whatever. You on top paid of whatever it is that you have, and that's one big thing I have. And then, and then of course having to recertify every year you know i think maybe every two you're not and correct let me correct myself i don't mean recertify i mean uh an annual fee yep i think they need to make it more like a biannual fee because especially if you have multiple certifications two three four five six hundred dollars down the road you're like okay i just spent six hundred dollars and i got nothing out of it you know unless i'm looking for a job then i can say oh cool or if i'm trying to just impress somebody oh yeah i got an asp cool but other than that, that's not it's like an everyday thing where I'm going, oh, yeah, I got ASP, ASP. I'm going to throw it out in everybody's face. Why? Well, I'm paying for it, so I might as well just throw it out there everywhere I go, right? Just tattoo it on the back of my car. Hey, I have an ASP. But that's another thing that I really don't like is just that the fees do it. It's it. It's cool until after your first cycle because then you're just like, oh, I have to pay for my ASP and my GSP and my CHST and this and this and this and this. I'm like, ah. So what do you think about that? You think if you get a higher designation, should you keep the lower designation? Or I think just it just depends. It? Like if you have an STS and you get a CHST, just drop, the drop STS, your STS, right? Just a hundred percent. I mean, I hate to say because just because the way that it works, that it's, it's better off to say, Hey, take it off. Or they're, what they're going to do is like, hey, you haven't paid for it. We're going to we're going to put you in suspension and all this. Look, just take it off. You know, if I if I gain the other one, just be like, okay, I don't need an STS. I have, an, I have a higher level. Mm -hmm. Or if I have like an ASP, keep the CSP. Why are you going to charge me for an ASP? The ASP is not going to do anything for me. CSP is going to be taken over. But if it's the CHST or the AHS, uh, OHST, keep those. Yeah, you mean if you have both of those, don't pick one of those or the other because they're different industries. You're different industries, so if you have both, keep both. If you have one or the other, keep one or the other. I was Even if you have the same a CSP, thing for the CIT. Like that's a separate thing. Separate thing. So if you have that, don't drop that. If you get the OHST, like keep right. those together. Keep that. They're different yeah. things. But if it's like you said, if I have an ASP and I get the CSP, I'm gonna drop the ASP. I, I would. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know why you? I have an ASP. Uh, well, I guess what I would say is, oh, you have an ASP, CHST, or OHST, and a CIT. Um, if you have an SMS, I mean, I don't know. I, like I said, it's up to you. It's a little different, mm. but I think if you, are you talking about if you have the, uh, if you get the SMS CSP? and a CSP, yeah, I would I mean, probably just CSP, go keep your SP. Like trumps, trumps everything. I think so, so too. Um, yeah. There's no point in paying for all those certifications over and over and over again. If, if it's not really going to do much for yeah. you, but I mean, I think you, and this is where I had the problem is I think we should be able to keep them because I have obtained 
you know, I have attained that that stature, mm-hmm. right? I've I put in the work and the time and the energy and the education to get to this level. I still think we should be able to use it. I mean, I I could say, hey, yeah, I'm inactive, but I could at least say, hey, you know, let's say ten years down the road, I don't have the ASP anymore, but I could say, hey, Joe Simmons had an ASP, you know, at one time. It's inactive, just because obviously he's he's his education has changed and his experience has changed, and now he's at a higher level, mm-hmm. but. I think we should still, I don't, I wouldn't use the moniker, but at least have it on our, you know, if you go to the website, you can look up people and they have the little stamps and the cool little stickers and stuff. It should just say ASP inactive, right? Or, and I think that's, that's should be their management system because, you know, if God forbid we become safety professionals and we're very unethical, if they rescind it, like they say, it's suspended because of, not because of pay, but because, you know, I've, I've been, I've, you know, gone against the code of ethics or whatever then they should have a moniker saying, hey, yeah, he's a CSP, but he's been suspended due to bad behavior. Kind of like in the military, you know, you have the different discharges. Yeah, you have a, a honorable discharge other than honorable discharge and then, you know, um, misconduct. There's a different types of levels for your discharge. Well, did they discharge it because I was bad? No, discharge, discharge my STS because I, I'm at a higher level now. I don't need that that low level stuff, but I would like to keep it saying, Hey, yeah, I had it at one time. You still put in that work. You put in those hours of study. You still did a lot. To right. It's, that it's, test it's at that. And that's time. like I said, unfortunate thing with the BCSP, it's the, it's the good and the bad. Like it's great that what they do for the safety, but at the same time, it's like, dude, can you, can you kind of smooth out the edges and not make it so expensive to recertify every year? You know, if you have an EMT first aid, uh, I mean, there's, so many different certifications that have you have to have you know continue education which is good for especially csp or uh, bcsp certifications but if you're going to stack them on top of each give me give me like a like a combination like don't charge me eight hundred dollars for two certs pay me four hundred dollars for two certs right if it's three hundred dollars for my chst just hey well here's the base or i would obviously i do the opposite Give me the annual for the the highest one I have. Yep. You're gonna get the more money, and then just tack on for every other cert that I have, maybe like fifty bucks or a hundred dollars. That's more reasonable than okay. Well, your ASP is like six hundred dollars. Now you have to pay for your GSP. That's two hundred dollars, and then your CHST was two hundred extra. I'm like, man, you're just nickel and diming. And then after a while, I'm like, I don't care about those certs. I'll just say, hey, I had them at one time. I've met the criteria, but I'm not gonna be paying them a thousand bucks during Christmas time. Like, come on, man. Yeah. BCSP, please change that. Uh, and don't like blackball uh, our names from the. <laughs> hey, we, we like I said, we are we are um, advocates for getting certification wholeheartedly. Yeah, our whole episode it's is just, about how good they are. Right like now. I said, but that's the only thing, and I think that's like I, said, I tell people that's that's the thing that I always want to give people full full disclosure. Like, look, yes, they are great, and they will do they will do wonders for your career, your status as a safety professional, but. They're going to cost you. They, it, it and becomes, you're not the only one. I know multiple people that have the certifications and that's their only gripe is like, the oh, only man, gripe. I got to play my, I got to pay my application fee this week. Yep. And it sucks because, and what's worse is they don't have a payment plan. Hey, BCSP payment plan. Cause not all employers, I'll be honest with yeah. you, not, not all employers recognize what those certs will do. Right. They don't understand that, you know, somebody who's got, you know, an STS, Versus someone who's got a CHST or a CSP, there's a huge, huge gap in in knowledge, education, experience, and ability. And they're like, okay, well, we're not going to pay for your cert, so oh well. And you're like, but it's it's benefiting the company, it's, especially too because it's a write off. You know, for, unfortunately for us in California, I don't know how it is in other states because I don't do taxes there, but 
I know with the recent changes in tax code that you can't write these things off. It used to be you could write them off. Oh, I had to, I had to research my EMT, BCSB, or whatever. Cool, I can write that off. Now you can't do it unless you have a 1099. Mm. Obviously, I have my own company, so I'm, I'm not too worried about it. But <laughs> I ran into a lot of people that that's what they used to do. They would used to write off, you know, their 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 annual certifications or even their their recertifications, getting their CEs and all that stuff. They could write that all off. And unfortunately, because of the tax code now, they've they've had to change it. So. Like I said, for me, um, I love the BCSP. I think they do great. I think I think they do a wonderful job in helping us as safety professionals kind of raise us up as a profession. It's no longer just, oh, I'm a safety professional. Oh, okay. Now you can ask, okay, what certifications? And I've said it before. Oh, I'm a safety professional. Cool. What certs do you got? Always, always, always. What's your certs? Oh, I ain't got none. Oh, okay. So you're, you're a safety professional in name only, right? Because you haven't done that extra work. I mean, unless you have a degree. Oh, I don't have one yet. I'm working on my CSP or I'm working on this. Cool. You know, that's different. But if you've been in safety 20 years and you don't have one certification, I'm kind of, how good are you? I mean, obviously, (laughs) if you're like the the safety guy for like a massive company, I'm not going to question you there. But, you know, just talking amongst other people. Oh, yeah. Oh, what search you got? You have a field tech that's been a field tech for 15 years. I'm not going to say I haven't met people like that. I've met people like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I met a BBS guy that was a BBS guy for like 20 years. No, no thanks, man. No thanks. I would not want that nightmare for 20 years for sure. No I would want that for six months. But yeah. So like I said, if you guys like kind of like foot in the door series, if you guys want to get a foot in the door, get a certification study. Um, there's plenty of study guides. ASSP, different branches have study groups. Um, depending on where you're at with that, different study groups are different, but you know, at the end of the day, just just learn the material. You know, they're not that hard. They look challenging at first. And I know a lot of people that looked at it and are like, oh, hell no. Look, it's like everything else. If you want it, go after it. Go after it. You can it's it's not that hard. It just takes the time. Yep. Study an hour a day. It will only take you two months, two, three months. I mean, think about it. 60 hours of studying. You you should be able to pass a test by then. If not, keep studying. Whatever. Awesome. So I think we covered BCSP pretty well today. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I we so did too. almost an entire hour just on certification. So. <laughs> well, we, we talked about all of them. So, yeah. Well, actually, uh, we didn't. We didn't talk about the TSP, but. Well, that's only because I don't know anything about the TSP. I know it's a transitional transitional it, one. It's but. just a stepping stone to the CSP without the ASP. And you can go and you can look at the qualified, the QAPs instead of, the, wait, which one's yours? QEPs? Yeah, qualified, qualified educational. educational. Yeah, so these are QAPs. You can look at that list and see if you. Oh, through. that's right. It's for people that have like military yeah. safety, which is interesting because I, I believe it or not, I actually have no military safety knowledge at all. So. That's why you didn't get the TSP. You got the GSP. Your mom. <laughs> so anyway, um, how about the mailbag? Anything in the mailbag? No, we just got a couple. Whoops, we got a couple shout outs. Um, whoops about the show. I hit the hit the mic a little bit. Uh, I we I think you were talking to some uh, professionals from. You know where at? From so we are going to introduce our Instagram page. Yep. It's uh the safety the no, popular it's not the safety <laughs> the popular the popular safety guys. Yep. Um. So yeah, it you'll see the culture of safety. That's our picture. Uh, maybe one of these days we'll put our ugly mugs on there. I know I'm on there. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for putting me on blast and not yourself. Yeah. So we'll show some stuff that goes. Oh, on Oh, in there, right there. There you are. There's your ugly mug. We'll so we'll show some stuff that goes on the show, right? But yeah. I'm also I also want to show some stuff that goes on in our actual daily safety lives. So I might 
Maybe we're doing some kind of cool like pick or something like double pick. Maybe I'll show that. Oh yeah, that. double picks. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, create an episode. Yeah. yeah. So like what whatever. We'll we'll post stuff up there. And if there's something you guys want to share with us, maybe you had some cool incident or something, shoot us those pictures. We'll yeah. Post those too. Yeah, shoot us the pictures and we'll post them up. I like uh, you know kind of challenging people and throwing different weird scenarios at them and and just you know giving people exposure and say oh yeah that's kind of a cool picture or that's different or you know some things that we run into every day. Just make it more interesting and fun yep. and it's another way for us to reach out. I know actually we had uh, a future guest he'll be coming on in the next couple of weeks he reached out and he actually works in offshore safety so he doesn't deal with OSHA he does uh, I think we've talked about this before uh, uh, in a regulatory body I was gonna say company but a regulatory body called Bessie B-S-E-E and so me and him were kind of chit-chatting back and forth about like our experiences with them and and I asked him, hey, you want to be on part of the episode? And he's like, dude, that'd be sweet. So we're right now we're working on uh, getting with him on, you know, scheduling it and getting all the logistics ready. So, yeah, I think it's a great way for us to reach out to our, our fans and, and just be able to interact with the community. And once again, give everybody a voice because a lot of people I mean, I know there's OSHA. What is it? OSHA? Is this okay? OSHA? That's yeah, there's a that's, couple of them. There's a couple of them, but it's not like that's not really us though. Yeah, that's well, like dangerous acts. That's just, only, like, just pictures stuff. that you have and people we'll doing have some stupid of those things. Possibly, and, but... and those we'll have those, but it's not like we can talk about things, you know, and interact with each other. And I think that's again, that's what we're here for is give you guys a voice. Like, hey, how about this? Or what do you guys think? I'm like, oh wow, that's a cool way to do this, this, and this. You yeah. know. It makes it a little bit more interesting. It's more interactive than just like, hey, look, look at look at these dumb guys. Cause mm -hmm. let's be honest, most of those aren't our people. Those are us driving down the road and you're like, what in the heck? And you're taking a snap, yeah. snap picture of that as you're driving by. Which I've done I don't know how many times. So yeah, I think like I said, it's the the so the popular safety guys on Instagram. Guys on Instagram. And it'll tie it'll tie into our Facebook, of course. Mm -hmm. Um on, and then on the Facebook, we're still the culture of safety. And our email is still the culture of safety at gmail.com. Yep. And, and our Reddit is the culture of safety. Yep. We just did the Instagram a little different. Um, and we called it the popular safety guys. The right popular here. safety guys. So we're we're gonna make that our trademark. You guys can't steal it. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for listening. Yeah, you guys have a good week. See you next week.